Welcome to the Overcome Podcast, where we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So today we have a very special guest, as I promised, my wife, Emmy Gibbons. So welcome to the podcast. I'm glad you're here today with me. Uh, it's an honor to uh, talk with you here and just an honor to hear your testimony once again. And there may be some things that I hear today that I haven't heard before. So looking forward to the blessing that this is going to be. So today's uh, episode title is Go Big or Go Home. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about uh, first, this first section here, just some real talk, as we always uh, promise that we'll do here on the podcast, is going to be talking about, you know, stay-at-home moms, um, not versus, but also looking at, you know, the career-driven mom or the ones that have to work a job. And and we completely understand those that have to work a job Um we understand that double income is very much needed right now. And this is just going to be looking at what God has asked us to do as a couple, what God has asked Emmy to do as a mom and a wife. So by no means are we comparing and contrasting the two. We're just going to talk about uh, what God has done in her life to call her to be a stay-at-home mom and uh, look at some aspects of that there. So, you know, what is best for you is what God has asked you to do. Um, you know, more power to you guys that. Um, are working and also staying home. I know it's a it's a big uh, struggle between the two. I know there's a lot out there on social media and your families and your friends that can be judgmental on what you've chosen to do. But you do you and what's good for your family, and God will honor that. So let's uh, dive off into that just a little bit here. Uh, so looking at um, the stay at home mom. So introducing uh emmy why don't you go ahead and tell mm -hmm. us uh, just a little bit about yourself and then we'll dive off into uh, that talk okay well i'm emmy gibbons i have one little boy who's two and a half and then other little boy on the way so i'm about to be a boy mom which is exciting but scary <laughs> and then um i don't know i'm homemaker i don't know what else really to say besides that all right so We'll just kind of follow up with that on what's the many roles of a stay-at-home mom? What's your day look like? So I I like to say that I'm a maid um, is my main <laughs> role. I feel like that's what I do most days is clean. Right. I promise um, I don't have a bell that I ring uh, for her to come make me a sandwich. <laughs> but um, just, I mean, homemaker, you know, just taking care of the house, taking care of Elias, take care for him and his daily needs, and then um, just helping you in any way that I can, assisting you through your day or with work or whatever projects you have going on. And then I also really like the availability and flexibility that um, staying at home has given me to help others around me or family or be involved with church projects or church events or whatever. So just kind of those are some of the different facets of it. So a lot might say that, you know, Oh, so you stay at home, you don't work, but it's very much a full-time <laughs> job. Um, I see that every day and I do appreciate all that you do. Um, so what's the biggest struggles with um, being a stay-at-home mom? Like you say, like like you don't do anything, like people think that you're lazy or that you just don't want to work or the feeling of guilt, like you're not doing enough, you're not contributing enough, you know, that you're living this cush, easy life while everyone else has got it hard or whatever, or you're not contributing to the kingdom work or things like that is a challenge. And then, you know, of course, it's lonely at times, you know, because it's just you and your kids a lot of the time or, you know, not everybody does it. So 
sometimes it's hard to find um, community in that. But thankfully, God has placed a lot of really great women in my life that I have found good community in. So that has been a huge blessing. Okay. Good. Um, your biggest blessings from it? I know you just mentioned a few, but is there any bigger takeaways from that? I just like how hands-on I get to be in Elias's life and then this next baby. Um, it would be hard for me to just um, to leave that care to somebody else just because I prefer to do it myself, you know. Is that right or wrong? That's, you know, just my press preference, my personal preference. I like to have my hand in his life. And I want to, even at a young age, incorporate scripture and God's word and character in him that I get to see it, you know, firsthand. I like being um, there for you. I like how I could be. And it's just how I feel more fulfilled as a help me to you and um, feel more fulfilled in my care of Elias is just getting that. That's a big, a big blessing to me. So when we first got married, you, you did work at the, up at the college with me um, at North Arkansas college in the testing center, proctoring some exams and, and doing those kind of things. And, you know, that was, that was neat getting to go to, to work in the mornings with you and mm-hmm. seeing you even throughout the day there at times. But, um, you know, so you've done both, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we, you did that without a child, but as a newly married couple, you know, that had its strain sometimes. Um, was that hard to choose going to a stay at home mom, maybe a stay at home wife, then a stay at home mom and wife over, you know, the job and the career, because we got married at, um, a pretty young age, um, especially you, and you hadn't really had the chance to be out there working your career prior to marriage. Like I had, um, you know, did you feel gypped a little bit or, or anything like that? Was it a hard decision? I mean, yes, at times I did feel because like you say, gypped, because the world really pushes like, you know, it's all about you, you know, find yourself, you know what I mean? Make time for yourself, self-care, blah, 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 which is all good um, to a certain extent. But um, I instead of focusing just all about me and looking at me and building my own career, you know, God helped me say that I would wanted to build a family and be a unit. Um, so for me, it was, it was a hard decision. Yes, but it was also easy because I found so much more fulfillment and contentment and joy in being home compared to working personally, just because I was able to have things done to the level that I wanted to in the home. I was available to the level that I wanted to be as a wife. Um, so, you know, it's just, you got to find the balance that works for you and what, what things you're going to need and what things you're not. And for me personally, um, I found more fulfillment in the home. And so, uh, that made the decision easier. If I looked at the world, if I looked at maybe some people's opinions of me, it made the decision harder. But if I looked at God and the peace that he was giving me um, daily and the strength and like contentment I was finding in it, it made it a really easy decision because it was just it was just right for us, for our family. I think that's the biggest point is what's right for <clears throat> your family. Um, you know, every facet of life is if we're doing it for God and what he asks us to do, that's that's the most important thing, whether it's God needs you in this uh, area of work uh, for part of your ministry, your mission, um, and balance that with your family or needs you at home. Um, whatever is best for you and your family and what God has asked you to do, 
is utmost importance. So um, it definitely goes both ways. Was there one thing that you felt um, that God, how did God made this clear for you that you needed to be a stay at home mom? What was like the one thing that stuck out? Was it just a, a personal conviction, um, some big revelation? What, how did God tell you that you needed to be here? Um, so uh, when I was like 15, I started really doing some soul searching, as they say, because I was, you know, starting to be older and thinking about what direction I needed to go in life, like college or careers or whatever, you know, you just start thinking about that stuff. And I just remember it being very clear. And I thought it was crazy because at 15, you don't expect to hear like, you know, be a mom. <laughs> but that's what I felt like. He just laid it on my heart to be a mom. And that was my burden from a young age. And um, I seen it modeled in my mom. And I just knew the benefits of that lifestyle. And I just hoped that I could give that to my family someday. So. So real quick, as we wrap up on this topic of, you know, staying at home mom, uh, and we're in the middle of a thunderstorm right now. So if you guys hear the thunder in the background, <laughs> that's what that is. Uh, what would be your words of encouragement to moms out there wanting to be a stay at home mom, or maybe the ones that are scared to cut other ties to do so? Um, what would be your word of encouragement uh, for them? I would say if you have a burden in your heart to stay home, you should do it because it isn't as impossible as the world makes it seem. I know finances is one of the big things, but um, in a lot of ways, especially when your children are younger and daycare age, if a, one of the parents stays home, you actually can save a lot of money because um, of the cost of you know daycare, gas, uh, business wardrobe, eating out, you know things like that. So in ways, you do save money by staying home. So it can be more of an option than I think a lot of people realize. Um, but also, you just need to realize where your convictions lie. Like if you feel guilty and you don't feel satisfied in your work job, maybe that's God telling you like there's something more. And for me, it's worth every sacrifice to be in God's will for your family because you will be so much more fulfilled and content and happy and find joy in doing what God has for you. You know, even if it might not make sense on paper, he is so faithful to provide. I mean, my parents there were times when it literally made no sense and they stayed afloat because they were in God's will for their life. So I think that's the key. Just find what's his will for you and your family personally, whatever that might be, whatever that is a job or part-time or full-time um, stay-at-home mom, just do what God's called you to do. And he'll take care of the details. He'll take care of the rest. He'll get your husband on board He'll get your family on board. Just whatever pieces need to fall into place will fall into place if it's his will for your life. And again, that's the biggest takeaway here and the key to all that is just being in the will of God and he will take care of his people. Um, I know even as the husband and, and you being stay at home, uh, looking at, you know, me working two jobs or a side job uh, in nursing and things like that. I've had to sit a while now because uh, I just feel like God was asking me to sit still and not um, not do anything extra because I know how it takes away from, you know, our family time, especially on Saturdays and stuff, because that's the main option for me. Um, but God is working some things out now and things. And and so it's, it's just a, shows that he will take care of you. He'll give you direction if we'll listen. And the hardest thing is getting our plans out of our own hands. Um and so we need to just seek God in all that we do. And, and again, that's whether 
or not where you're staying home as a mom or uh, you're working the job. So it's, you know, it's not, not every mom has to be or should be a stay at home mom. It is that balance. It is circumstantial. Uh, so whatever's best for your family, whatever is best uh, for you and your spiritual life as well. And what God's calling you to do is where you need to look. So thank you for giving some insight on, uh, you know, the motherhood and <laughs> wifehood, whatever, whatever you'd call that. So let's dive off in now into the big part of this, um, your testimony. So kind of just set the, set the groundwork for us here on your testimony, uh, going back, starting with your salvation and kind of just working up to where we're going to lead uh, up to more of your um, type 1 diabetes uh, testimony, moving into pregnancy or stay in the NICU with Elias, um, those kind of things being the, the bigger part. But go ahead and bring us up to speed uh, from way back when. Okay. <clears throat> so I'm like you. I grew up in church um, and I was blessed to have both of my grandparents be pastors. Um, <laughs> um, which was a big blessing, but also, of course, come with struggles, too, because you get to see the good, bad and ugly of um, the church and everything. So but all in all, it gave me a really good foundation. I was grateful for that. And I got to be homeschooled with a good Christian curriculum. Um, lots of Bible, lots of missionary stories. So I just had a bunch ingrained in me at a young age, which I'm super thankful for. And then I went to a convention when I was around 13 and made the decision to uh, make a vow of purity for my husband. And um, also had a, a really um, impactful sermon when I was younger. Um, he had a piece of paper and he drew a heart on it and he tore the the heart up in all these pieces. And he, he's like, this is so-and-so's heart. And he gave a piece to all these different girls. And then at the end, he only had a tiny little piece left. And he's like, well, this is all you got left for your wife, you know? And um, so that really painted a picture for me. And I was like, I'm going to save as much of that heart as I can to give my husband. And thankfully the Lord really helped me to do that. Um, but I just had a really good childhood. I was saved at a young age, um, and I did struggle a little bit with just feeling like I'd only got saved because I was afraid of hell, you know, instead of like it being a genuine. But it, you know, the Lord worked that out and has brought me to a place where I have peace, you know, in it now and stuff. So, so let's uh, talk about your type one diabetes and you know quickly how you were diagnosed with that and just your life with that. And then kind of maybe when we met, you know, um, God brought you a nurse <laughs> and God brought me a, a diabetic. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think that that fell into play, you know, we laugh about it, but I, I know that was definitely designed mm, by God. I knew what I needed. Yeah. Right. And, um, so you're my favorite patient. Mm, um, still. <laughs> All right. So go ahead and uh, tell us about that. Uh, so I was nine years old when I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, which is an autoimmune disease. Uh, it's not because I ate a lot of candy, <laughs> which is what I get a lot. Or um, I, they ask me, like, well, you're not fat, <laughs> but it's different. So you can Google it if you want to know more of the details. But um, anyway, thankfully, the Lord helped us catch it early. Um, a boy at my school, well, the school we were went to here and there. Anyway, um, he had it. And then months later, I had it. So I was able to see the signs early on. And I wasn't very sick whenever I got diagnosed. So thank the Lord for that. Um, it's been, you know, we've spent a lot of time in prayer asking God to take it away, you know, and I've 
fasted and really just seek God and kind of like Paul, you know, just remove this thorn in my flesh, Lord. But um, today I can actually say I'm very grateful for it because it's shown me more about God that I I wouldn't have seen if I wouldn't have had it, you know. And so I'm I'm glad that I have it. I'm glad that it shows God's strength in my weakness. Um, there's been times like I'll be on a hike and I have no juice left or anything left and it's crashing and I'm like, Lord, okay, you're going to have to get me to the chuck, you know, and he, he has. And so like I, in, it's, in ways it's scary, but also it's kind of cool to see how clearly my life is in God's hands and he has saved me time and time and again. And so it's been a huge faith builder. And so it's been cool to see how he's worked in my life in that. And I have had um, doctors tell me, you know, if your A1C is in a six, your babies will die. And so like then when we got pregnant, of course, I was terrified. But God was, you know, it was incredible. My blood sugars ran better when I was pregnant with Elias than they did whenever I was just, you know, not pregnant. So it was super cool for for me and for my doctors, all my team to see like this miracle taking place. God really worked through my pregnancy. And Elias was early. He was um, 33 weeks in a day or like a day away from 34 weeks, but um, but it was nothing to do with diabetes complications. So that was a huge, huge testimony, something that was a big answer to prayer. Yeah, it was amazing to go to every appointment and throughout that pregnancy and hear the doctor say diabetes isn't a factor because mm. that's unheard of. Uh, whether it's gestational diabetes, type 2 diabetes, or type 1 diabetes, that's a big factor. And, mm -hmm. you know, he was a big boy, but no signs of large birth weight, really, uh, because of uncontrolled sugars and stuff. So, you know, I personally got to watch God really just transform your your health and, mm -hmm. and your numbers. Um, you know, thankful to medicine and pumps that God has uh, provided mm -hmm. you with. Uh, you know, I feel like you're on the best of the best, at least according right. to your endocrinologist and stuff. And, you know, yeah, I've got well, a great team. Yeah, a great team. For. And that's all God given. And so, you know, I'm very thankful for that. And I know you are, too. And even with this baby, whenever I got pregnant, I was my A1C was like a seven. And then eight weeks later at my first appointment, it jumped to a six, which is like unheard of. <laughs> you know, it never jumps that big that quick. So God already showed up pretty miraculously in this in this baby this second baby so i'm excited to see what he will do for sure the way. yeah so talk about um the nicu stay we had like you said we had elias about six weeks early had to stay in the nicu that's uh the neonatal intensive care unit for those of you that don't know what that short term means um but we were in there for 18 days uh, which seemed like 18 years at the time. <laughs> but I remember growing so close to God and, and you guys and seeing God's hand move. And, and uh, I know he was pouring out scripture to us and stuff during that time. And just a, a very special time, even though it was hard. And like you mentioned early, earlier, you know, just asking to get that thorn removed. And, you know, yet again, this seemed like maybe another thorn in our life. But and in your life, especially, um, you know, oftentimes we try to just ask that things get removed in order for us to have more strength, right? And mm -hmm. but it's the exact opposite with God. It's we we need those weak weak moments in our life for Him to be strong, because that's really the true strength in our life. And and uh, I think oftentimes we forget that as believers. Uh, but talk to us about the NICU you know, and how God worked in in that. So me and Trevor, for those of you who know us, know that we are planners and 
we have comfort zone of being home and having everything in our own little um own little way so it was a really big uh shock to us because we didn't even have a bag packed for the hospital the nursery wasn't ready you know we weren't ready at all in any way so um that was a big shock but um it was good for us because we were just totally relying on god and family to like pack our bags and like give us the strength because we just weren't in any way prepared but god step by step as thy days thy strengths will be you know that was very true in those moments and um, there's a lot of moments in it when I was like, I hate this Lord. But, you know, looking back now, we learned so much. And Elias, he has such a good story now and such a good testimony already at such a young age. And um, whenever I was pregnant, his name kind of just popped in my mind and I Googled it. And it said, like, Jehovah is God, the Lord will be praised. And I can't really even find that now. But um when I look for it, but his name was so praised throughout that experience. Like the doctors, the nurses, like they were just like, this kid is a rock star. We don't even understand how good he's doing. Like it's unreal how like good his numbers is, how fast he's improving. So, I mean, our stay should have been a lot longer than it was. Bubba should have had a lot more complications and he, he never had complications. He just was too sleepy to eat. That was the only thing. So it was pretty, pretty fantastic just to see God's name lifted up throughout that time. And um, for him to just put us in a place of getting to watch it and just trust in him. And so it was a pretty neat experience. And it's also cool now because I can relate with a bunch of other mamas who have had similar experiences. So, And then the nurses taught us so much being first-time parents. I'm really thankful for that. They taught us to, how to bathe them and swaddle them and all that stuff. So it was a, it was a blessing. It really was a good, a good experience and a hard hard situation, you know, and that's what God does. He takes broken situations and makes them good and makes them, you know, a blessing. And he does that in everything. So it was a, it was a neat experience. Yeah. Part of me thinks that, you know, maybe God equipped us to do round two of that, but I I feel in my spirit (laughs) that this baby is going to make it full term and, and have that side of the testimony of I'm high risk. Uh, your baby should come early, but it's going to make it a uh, full term and be another healthy. But either way, God is faithful. He's prepared us and equipped us uh, by building our faith uh, during that. So, you know, immediately as you got pregnant, I remember our flesh bringing fear and, and doubts once again, uh, even though we knew what we just came from. And uh, but, you know, we I know many times we've calmed ourselves down and and just reflected. And that's the beauty of coming mm-hmm. through things is you can reflect Mm-hmm. Uh, back to what God's done and uh, think of his faithfulness and just reorient yourself to that stable uh, state of mind, you know, um, where the Bible talks about, you know, even thinking yourself um, happy. Was that, mm-hmm. I think that's Paul that talks, that writes about that, you know, remembering on the good things of, of God and that'll calm your fears and give you peace of mind uh, for sure. Is there anything else you want to add on that? Um, no, I know if, any moms are wanting some cool quotes on home being a homemaker. C.S. Lewis has a bunch of good ones, and Charles Spurgeon has a bunch of good ones too. If you just want some, you know, good quotes. And one of my favorite scriptures for being a mom of little ones is Isaiah forty eleven, and he it says, "He shall feed his flock like a shepherd; he shall gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom, and shall gently lead those that are with young." So God's right there with you, mamas, helping you lead those little babies. 
and he'll meet you right where you're at, whether you get your devotion time in first thing in the morning or if it's right before bed or if it's along with lunch or whatever. Just he meets us in these difficult seasons and difficult moments and he'll lead you through them. A big takeaway that I can think of too right now as we close um, this episode is is that God answered every single prayer that we had uh, to bring before him in the NICU. Mm-hmm. And honestly, you know, they were all answered the way we prayed for him, which sometimes doesn't happen. You know, as he became jaundice, we prayed and those numbers reversed very quickly um, when he was put on oxygen at the first, um, which was kind of expected. But, um, you know, that was taken off within the next, you know, 12 hours when his blood sugars were trying to stabilize. That was fixed very quickly. Mm-hmm. I just remember sending out text over every little thing and immediately that next evening or that that next morning when labs would be redrawn or whatever it may be, those prayers were answered. And whether or not it's answered in the way that we do pray, I do know from this that God is faithful to answer every prayer um, if we truly bring them before him. And mm-hmm. a lot of times his no is the yes that we need. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, don't seek after what we think is best, but what God knows is best and just allow him to shape and mold us uh, through those situations and those hard times. Wrap up now on this podcast. Uh, Thank you guys so much for listening. We hope that this can be um, an impact for you guys listening. I think, thank you so much, Emmy, for sharing your heart on the aspects (laughs) of of just uh, life and bringing forward your testimony and God's faithfulness and for the scriptures and, and things that you supported that with. So just remember, guys, that um, your testimony could be the key to unlocking someone else's prison. So get out there, guys, and share your testimony. Uh, God bless, and we'll catch you next time.